Hey, monies. Welcome to the Sarah Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Chesley Chris. Uh, she's also an attorney, correspondent for Extra, and founder of the fashion blog White Collar Glam, dedicated to helping women dress professionally in white collar jobs. I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Hey, Chesley. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I am excited you're here. This is awesome. It's going to be fun. I haven't talked about Sailor Moon and I don't even know how long. Yay. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> you can talk all you want about Sailor Moon. Awesome. Um, so what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Oh my gosh. It's it's so hard to say because I feel like a lot of, I watched it when I was so young. A lot of my memories of it are so fuzzy. Um, but I remember watching it with my older sister, Paige, and she and I would like watch Sailor Moon together. And it was just, it was one of those things you got to do as sisters. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, do you remember like what you're feeling, what you're thinking while you're watching? I just remember being in awe and being enamored by everything that they were doing, um, especially when they went through their transformations and you got to see like their nails change and they'd hold their little like half scepter things. Like everything about it was so cool. And I just remember being fascinated by like the colors, by what they were wearing, um, by, like I said, their transformations and just loved having this really cool series that was just all about women and girls. And I don't remember, I mean, like I would also watch like Yu-Gi-Oh with my little brothers, um, but it was cool to have like a series just for us. Right. Yeah. I think that's the thing that stuck out to me too. It felt like the first time I really got a show that was like specifically made to be like girly and powerful at the same time. Exactly. Did you have a favorite Sailor Senshi or Scout? It's so hard to pick one, especially because like there are certain things that I like about all of them. But the one I feel like I identify the most with is probably Sailor Jupiter. Um, mm-hmm. Because I loved, like I said, loved watching her transformation. But there was just something about her that I just felt like, you know, like there was a, I don't know, a, a sort of paired soul there. And that like she always seemed like a really powerful person. Um, she seemed like like she was really courageous. Uh, I like that her uniform is a little different. I mean, obviously not everybody has the, like knee-high boots that Sailor Moon would wear, but you know, there are some that have like the pumps and the little like cute wraparound shoes, but like Sailor Jupiter was like, no, no, I'm going to have my little boots that are kind of like a little masculine or tomboyish or whatever. And I loved that about her. That's so true. I still am looking out for it. I really want them to do a Sailor Moon shoes collection at some point. <laughs> like I would buy all of them. Yeah, for sure. I want Mars's red pumps. I want Jupiter's boots. You know, <laughs> why? Why have they done the this? Background, the orange. Who was that? Who that was Mars? Um. Oh, Venus. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Venus, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So many good memories. Do you have like? Do you remember any specific moments or episodes? No, I, I know it was a while ago. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Just before I, I jumped on here, I was like, God. I mean, I wish I could remember like parts of it that were really cool. Uh, but I was like Googling a little bit. It was like a walk down memory lane, like seeing the little black cat and seeing the yeah. guy with the top cat, or sorry, the top hat. Um, mm-hmm. All of it was just really cool. Um, but like I said, like all my memories of it are so fuzzy. It's just one of those things that you remember and you just associate a good feeling with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's really what it was and what it still sort of is for me. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. That's um one thing that's been constant through my life. It's just like, I've approached Sailor Moon different ways, like from when I was younger to when like I rewatched it later on, but I always like associate this good feeling with it. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's, that's sort of how I remember it. It's just like, it's, it's like a blob, but it's a good blob. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a fuzzy, beautiful exactly. <laughs> blob of goodness. I like it. <laughs> um, so about you a little bit, how did you start your journey into pageantry? 
Uh, so my mom, actually, she was Mrs. North Carolina U.S. 2002. So she won a pageant for married women when I was like 10 or 11, I would say. And so in my youth, I remember my mom being this like hero to me. Uh, she would visit uh, our schools. She would do like autograph cards. She would sing the national anthem. She would talk about her platform, which was like volunteering in her children's schools. And I remember, like I never competed when I was a kid, um, not until I was like in, I don't know, high school, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think seeing her be that person when I was younger, um, sort of ingrained like into me, into my mind that this is, this is incredible to do. And you get so many cool opportunities by competing in pageants. And so I knew at some point in time I was going to compete. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, and how did it feel once you like years later won Miss USA? Uh, it's indescribable. It's one of those things like, you know, how people daydream about, uh, you know, I don't know, getting their dream job or winning the lottery. And you sort of think while you're in that daydream, what it would feel like and how you would look and how you would respond. Um, actually, actually having that moment is exactly the way that you daydream it because, Oh, I remember when they called my state, North Carolina, and I realized that I won. I just remember thinking like, wow, this is just as I thought it would be. <laughs> just yeah. as I feel like it's another like blob of goodness, just like, <laughs> like a whir of goodness, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it really is. They play the video. Usually when I do interviews, like mm -hmm. on the news, they kept playing the video and I, it was hard to even remember the yeah. feeling. You just, you sort of see it and you're like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Right. I imagine like you're looking at yourself like that was me, but I don't quite remember. <laughs> but it yeah, was me. You know, the first like, you know, few months or something, it's a really vivid memory. But after that, mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, I did that. That was yeah. that. Yeah. That one amazing thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also a lawyer. Um, what made you decide to become a lawyer? Uh that was something that I uh I don't know, that sort of was probably always in the the, the path for me. Um, and that like when I was younger, I was the one always like speaking up on behalf of my siblings and representing them in like, whenever we would get in trouble with our parents. Like, <laughs> you know, if we broke a window or something, I was the one to call mom and say like, we broke a window and, but nobody's hurt. So you don't need to be mad when you come home. That was always me. And so mm -hmm. when I got to high school, I was thinking about a career in politics and I remember uh, looking up, you know, the Supreme Court justices and thinking like, maybe one day I'll be a justice or a judge. And, um, you know, to get there, you got to go to law school. And so I was like, oh, I'll go to law school. I don't <laughs> want those same things, but, uh, but I'm glad that I did become an attorney. Yeah, that's cool. And I saw you did some pro bono work too, with um, the Brittany K. Barnett, um, when the Buried Alive Project. Yes. Um, that was really cool too. And just for anyone listening, like that's, they're mostly famous for um, releasing or, you know, releasing Alice Marie Johnson with Kim Kardashian West, um, plus a bunch of other amazing work they've done. Um, how yes. was it like working with them? Oh, it was incredible. I worked primarily with Brittany Barnett, uh, but Brittany often works also with my angel Cody of the Decarceration Project. And, um, you know, like you said, Brittany Barnett, her Buried Alive Project uh, rescues so many people across this country. And I say rescue because it, when you are treated unjustly by our justice system, you need rescue and you need somebody to uh, pull you out from, from a justice system that has thrown you away, essentially. And I'm glad that Brittany started her organization, The Buried Alive Project. And I'm glad that she's gotten more visibility because of 
uh, her work with Kim Kardashian. But, you know, it, it is Britney. She's like the legal mind. She's the brilliance behind all of that. And uh, I, we actually started working together sort of by like a, just a random fluke. I had uh, my stepdad is also an attorney and he'd done some pro bono work uh, through Barack Obama's um, clemency project mm -hmm. that was running while he was president. And so my stepdad continued doing pro bono work even when um, uh, President Barack Obama's term ended. And when I graduated from law school, I was like, I want to do pro bono work. Can I do some with you? And he's like, yes, we had this case. And uh, the attorneys in my firm knew that I was doing this case. Like, you know, we were arguing on behalf of a low-level drug offender. And so Brittany, who I believe is licensed in Texas, needed a North Carolina attorney to sponsor a petition that she was filing on behalf of our client, uh, Alfred Rivera, or our, our eventual client. And so I think she just knew somebody at the firm and emailed them was like, do you know anybody who does this kind of work who can help us out, who can sponsor this, this petition? And the attorneys at my firm knew about the other case that I was working on. So they were like, Jesley, do you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, Green Burnett. Uh, so it was great. It was great to be able to work with her. And I was glad that we were successful in getting our client released. Yeah, that was amazing. It's so inspiring. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. She, she is a really inspiring person. And I think yeah. the work that she does is incredible. Yeah, and I'm happy she's getting the credit for it, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And um, what inspired you to start White Collar Glam? Uh, it's, I actually started it because when I was in law school, mm -hmm. I competed on our trial team. Our, um, uh, it was called AAJ, uh, one of the teams that mm -hmm. we had. And we won our regional competition, advanced to nationals. When we got to nationals, I didn't have enough suits. Well, I had enough suits, but like something kept happening to every single one of them. <laughs> one of them one of them I ripped all the way up the back of the skirt and another one of them was too big and I just remember feeling desperate and feeling insecure knowing that like all my teammates uh, were able to focus on the competition but I was the one without a suit because I didn't know I didn't even know where to get one I remember I remember our child team coach coming up to me and being like okay I can take you to Brooks Brothers and I was like those are like a thousand dollar suits like who has a thousand dollars and so he was like, I'll buy it for you. I was like, I can't let you do that. And so it was just, it was one of those moments where I was like, why am I so lost right now? This is, I hate this. So when I graduated from law school, I started a blog so that I could answer those same questions for other women and ensure that they knew where to shop and how to get your clothes fitted. And they had somewhere to go to reference like do's and don'ts and um, figure out, you know, how, how to dress for work. Yeah, I mean, I certainly appreciate it because that's something like I struggled with, like entering the workforce, like being an intern like a few years ago or more than a few years ago. <laughs> and, you know, and then like starting like a job, like what's professional, what's not, what's, you know, what should I wear? What's too much? What's what's business casual? You know, and that's different in different offices. So it's definitely I'm very helpful for me. Yeah, yeah, I hope that it is. I think all of us have those questions, especially as the workforce continues to evolve and mm -hmm. dress codes and right. you know, it just continues to change uh, over the years. And so I think it, it is important to have. Yeah. Do you have any quarantine fashion tips <laughs> for uh, yes, meeting? Actually, yeah, I, well, I interviewed um, Rebecca Minkoff, who is uh, a designer, fashion designer for um, New York Fashion Week. And she said, I can't remember the term that she used, but she said, um, zoom shoulders. You look for outfits that have like 
the sort of shoulder accent because since you're usually like waist up or chest up all you can really see is like your upper chest and your shoulders and so she was like you know anything that you can do that has volume up here or you know that's frilly or something or is really colorful is what you look for and i really liked it i thought it was a good rule to have so that's mm -hmm. sort of what i look for. bright colors a cool accented shoulder just something that's interesting on camera yeah i see you with the off shoulder now too and i'm like it is working you're so right yes i <laughs> love it you know, just, make, just to make things interesting add a little yeah. you know yeah i love it i love it yeah it, it's yeah it works <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, after Sailor Moon, did you ever get into any other anime? Um, so, like I said, my brother watched Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Yu he watched mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z. Right. And I feel like there was probably another one that he liked to watch. Gundam? And you what? Maybe Gundam? Mm, that sounds familiar, but I don't remember watching it. Mm -hmm. But I remember those two distinctly. Right. And, um, you know, when, when we grew up, like we had one TV in the house, downstairs in the living room. So mm -hmm. my brothers wanted to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and, and so uh, it was funny watching my brothers. Oh, and Pokemon was another one that, they, that we all mm -hmm. watched together. And it was it was cool watching my little brothers. So I have four little brothers, but, um, you know, the older two of those, they would play like Yu-Gi-Oh! cards or Pokemon cards together. And the youngest one or the younger of those two was I think he's six years younger than me. How old am I? Twenty nine. Yeah, he's six years younger than me. And so he was. He was so young. He would play with these Yu-Gi-Oh cards before you could even read. So he would memorize all the powers on the cards so that he would have a chance to play against the That is impressive, honestly. The deck of cards that he'd be able to play because not because not because he could read, but because he'd just be like you know. Charizard, he has 500 power or whatever. Yeah. Oh my Both God, no. That is really impressive because even as a person who can read, I have like, I have to like look at the card every time and be like, yeah. what, what does this one do again? <laughs> yeah, well, and if you, if you couldn't, you would probably be able to remember it. Um, mm -hmm. I think because that was the only option he had to remember it. But yeah, like, I would just never imagine putting in that much work and diligence to remember it. <laughs> That is great. That's so funny. Um, and what else do you stand? So this could be like anything. Like it could be Beyonce, it could be oh, a TV okay. show. Beyonce. I'm a huge Beyonce. Fan. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it was so funny. I was on um, TikTok the other day and somebody commented on one of my videos and said, you look so much like Beyonce. And I was like, I don't, but I'm going to make a video about this just so that I can mention Beyonce. Yeah. She's just incredible. I think she's an incredible businesswoman. She's so successful. Um, and I think she clearly demonstrates to a lot of people that you don't have to sacrifice your power in order to still enjoy family. Because I think a lot of people think that you have to choose one or the other if you're a woman. And I love that she doesn't. She's like, I can have both. Here, I'll show you. Um, I also love that like, you, she's so private. And I think that adds to like the mystery around her and the excitement around Beyonce. It's like, we never get to talk to you. What are you doing today? How's your family? Are you going to post when she posts on Instagram? She never posts with like captions. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but even though she's very private, she and Jay will speak up uh, when when it's time to speak up. Like we've heard a lot from her, um, you know, when the George Floyd incident happened, when uh, Breonna Taylor was murdered, when Ahmaud Arbery was murdered and you know we saw all this unrest and Beyonce's voice emerged as somebody who was fighting on our behalf both donating 
advocating, you know, calling local officials, all of that was really important. So there's so much that I admire about Beyonce, aside from, you know, just seeing her in concert and her music, which is also great, but also just her as a person. Is really cool. Have you been to a concert? Of course I have. <laughs> like, I haven't been to that many concerts in my life. I think I've only been to three in my entire life, and two of them were Beyonce. Um, and the first one that I saw was Formation. <sighs> that was my first Beyonce concert, too. Really? Oh, yeah, it, was, it was amazing. It's indescribable. And then, like, the next one I saw was her um, with Jay-Z, and it was so mm-hmm. nice to let her husband come with her on her tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all like like this coat i'm like it's not it's not a dual tour you're seeing beyond yeah but formation was like the one to go to because you have that big rectangle screen thing and then it would move around it was back when like you know when the song formation was like had just come out they would do the dance and the hats everything it was amazing it was epic yes absolutely it was that was a beautiful time yeah and did you go to the north carolina show that's north yeah, I did. I went to the one in Raleigh that got rained out. So I actually didn't get to see her whole concert the first time. Oh, no. uh, because yeah. she, uh, you know, she she's such a huge artist. She can't just mm-hmm. go to regular art point. She was selling out football stadiums. Right. And the one that she sold out in Raleigh was not a covered stadium. And oh. so it rained um, closer to the end. We didn't miss like a whole lot. We missed like the Freedom song where she's dancing around in the water. Um, she could have did that. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, she did. I think it was lightning too, so you know they can't stay yeah. out lightning or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, she. It was. It was. It was so cool to be there. I think I. I lived in Winston Salem at the time, and I literally drove to Raleigh like an hour and a half, and then drove back that same night. I think I had an exam that weekend too, but I was like, it's Beyonce. I'm gonna see Beyonce. Yes, um, it's it's always a good reason to do anything. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She's an incredible performer, great singer, makes great music, stand-up person about yeah. her community. What's not to love? It's nothing. There's nothing not to love. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That may be your husband. No. Deserved <laughs> 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 comment. Um, do you have a favorite Beyonce song? Oh. I know it's hard. That was a hard question. It's hard to say because <laughs> you know Beyonce. She's one of those people that. Her music, she, she's had such a long, successful career. Yeah. There are different songs of hers that just take me back. That's true. the time in my life. Like, obviously, Formation is super high up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, that whole, the whole album itself, especially it being a visual album. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it felt like a documentary when you were watching it. I yeah. used to, seriously, I would just watch it and listen to it on repeat over mm-hmm. and over for weeks. Yeah. Probably. I know so much about that. Um, so, so formation definitely up there. But I also used to listen to video phone in Diva. I remember when I was in school, I, I was captain of my cheer team and I would make up cheer dances a lot um, for our like halftime performances. And like I remember making up songs to Diva and it was awesome. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good time. That was a good time for us, me and Beyonce. Um, but then like, you know, I think it was, was it four? No, it wasn't four. I think it was her Beyonce album, like her self-titled album. Oh, right. That came out when I was in law school. It was the one with 2013. Yeah, self-titled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. I remember I was like in the middle of law school exams. And, 
And all of a sudden, I can't remember if I was on Instagram and I just like saw that she came out with an album or if I was just happened to be scrolling on iTunes and I was like, there's a Beyonce album? Um, yeah. Do you remember that? It was like, it was like a surprise. She was like, here's music. You're welcome. Right. And nobody knew. She just surprised everybody. Like, and now that's like a thing. I feel like there are so many artists who've done that. Drake's done that now. Mm-hmm. Like, but not every artist can do that. Like Beyonce is one of the few people who can. Yeah. And wow. Um, like Drunken Love. Well, actually, I wasn't, I wasn't, I can't say that I have such as, as fond feelings for Drunken Love. I think probably because I was in the middle of law school exams and very stressed. But, you know. <laughs> probably associated with. Yeah, I kind of associated yeah. with that. But but for sure her, you know, like formation is definitely a favorite. And then like video phone and and yeah. Yeah. Just, you know the way the way she makes us feel and like she you feel so empowered listening to that music yeah definitely yeah i think um it's turn to love took a while for, to grow on me too so i totally get that which one did- <laughs> drunk in love also yeah. yeah yeah although i mean i like like the video was cool the performances mm-hmm. that she did oh really yeah cool. it's just like it's not the same it's formation yeah no formation is great too i mean there's just so many like you said um what else do you stand uh besides beyonce yeah or who else or what else it could be anything or what else are you watching right now (laughs) i like talking about beyonce so much it's like the first and only thing that ever comes up Um, i would say beyonce and scandal like when it comes to entertainment like all about women all about you know women Mm -hmm. of color too and scandal i loved because you had a strong female lead who was a black woman Mm -hmm. and i loved that shonda rhimes took on different topics that needed to be discussed. And when you had those topics discussed, they were coming from the mouth of a black woman. And, you know, she's not this woman who, uh, you know, inherited her future. She's somebody who actually did work very hard um, to get where she was going. I mean, she went to incredible schools. Uh, She surrounded herself with strong people. I mean, given she did go to like, you know, private schools and everything, Mm -hmm. she was younger, but still, you know, she, built this company herself and people brought her on their teams not because they liked her but because she was good at her job it's something that she reinforced throughout the series so scandal i would say it's definitely another thing that i stand have you watched it yes i was addicted to gtit (laughs) i love scandal how to get away with murder um that whole lineup which is so good it was was such an era i feel like it was so good yeah so- yeah well i never i like i whenever it was tjit i was always excited for scandal but like i never did like the Grey's anatomy mm-hmm. or the how to get away with murder i think because I, I really like medical shows because like they get a little boring uh, that's true yeah not about the gore i can't do it yeah. and then um how to get away with murder i think because i was in law school and mm-hmm. you know like series they have to make things look really cool but then sometimes they're not like actually accurate when it comes to yeah. how real life is <laughs> And so I think it lost a little bit of its of its glimmer there for me. But no. I was just watching, I was re-watching it the, like literally two days ago. It's so good, yeah. No, I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy at some point. But um, yeah, I def- I get how to get away with murder though, because um I have some friends who are lawyers and they were like, I can't watch this show with you. Like, this is it. This is what like, that's well, not what happens, that's not how that class is. They huh. should all be failing. <laughs> so Exactly. It's but like, they won't. we don't do that. Mm-hmm. but yeah. they were also all failing so at least that was real because like they were just doing so much stuff and not studying you know trying to get away with murder so, <laughs> right, right. so they, uh, they failed their classes 
Yeah, but that's, I think that's what spoiled it for me. And I don't know mm-hmm. why it bothered me so much because like there are other series like Law and Order or mm-hmm. Law and Order SVU and you see moments that would never happen. Like the cross examinations that some of these people do mm-hmm. or the direct examinations that they would do in court, screaming at each other, last minute evidence being thrown in, like the ju- I mean, everything in those shows is so inaccurate. But for some reason, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Maybe, and maybe it's because like, you know, it's one of those shows that you watched when you were a kid. And so you just yeah. like, it, but like now I'm grown and like, I, I see how to get away with it. I'm like, this is not true. So um, yeah. yeah, I think that that part I couldn't get past. I was wondering that too, because I'm like, maybe you watched that before law school. So you kind of just like have accepted it. <laughs> and I think that's probably part of why, especially because like, you know, if you watch it before, you know what really happens in real life. You just start right. to like characters themselves. Yeah. And, to like look for them like Mariska Hargitay how, like how could you not like look for her and like you know her and like Detective Saber together just, yeah. <laughs> so many feels so many feels <laughs> um, and what advice would you have for someone who a wants to get into pageantry or and become the next USA Miss USA um or become an attorney <laughs> <laughs> which is both very large things but yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, they're both, they are both big things, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are a lot of similarities um, mm-hmm. here because, you know, for the courtroom, for example, you, if you're a litigator, let's say, uh, you're walking into a courtroom knowing very little about the judge who you need to appeal to. And somehow you need to make a better case than somebody sitting across the way opposing counsel. And I think that's similar to competing in a pageant in that you don't know very much about the judges. I mean, I think we found out who the judges were like a few days before we competed. So you just have, you know, a very limited amount of time to like Google them and I don't know, make your own assumptions about what they want to hear. And then somehow you have to stand out against, you know, amidst 50 other people, um, not always knowing what arguments they're going to present in front of those same pageant judges. So I think there is some overlap there. But my advice would be, um, number one, learn, you know, I think confidence is a difficult trait to attain. It really mm-hmm. is. I think it's like one of those things that it's not like a destination. It's sort of a journey. It really is. And I think confidence is important in any aspect of life, in any industry, in pageantry for sure, but also in the legal industry. One of the books that the president of the Miss Universe organization, Paula Shugart, recommends is The Confidence Code. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's listening because it was just an incredible book. And I think there are so many books that are tailored for and catered to women that end up touching on confidence. I mean, uh, Facebook CEO, not CEO, I think she was CFO, Sheryl Sandberg, who wrote hey. Lean um, COO. Yeah. COO? Okay, so. COO. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an executive. She was mm-hmm. an, yeah. She was <laughs> She's up there. She's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So Cheryl Sanford, lean in, you know, touches on, you know, the idea Mm -hmm. of confidence. Um, Ebony K. Williams, uh, one of my judges from North Carolina, USA, Mm -hmm. and an attorney um, and correspondent host. She wrote a book um, called Pretty Powerful. She touches on, you know, confidence and tokenism. But it's one of those things that women many times lack when we, you know, compare ourselves to men. There's like a study that I had never heard of until I read the confidence code um, that I think it was like Xerox or something held where they um, measured 
the amount of competency men and women thought they had, like, you know, skills that they had for a particular job position, an internal job position. And women would apply for a job when they felt they, that they met 100% of the, you know, qualifications or, or traits necessary for the job. Men would apply when they met 60%. So clearly, um, you know, there are, there's a difference between men and women. And when we feel like we should even give ourselves the chance for progress or advancement. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's so much more information, so many more studies in the confidence code that I think people really need to learn and hear about. Um, so I, I highly recommend that. And my advice would be, you know, learn what confidence really is. Learn how to, um, you know, get some yourself because you're going to stand out in a pageant and in the courtroom if you have confidence. Yeah, yeah that makes all the sense. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, and then I don't know if you remember, so in the 90s Sailor Moon, at the end of every episode, she would have like a Sailor Moon says phrase where she would kind of like give a PSA to kind of sum up the episode and kind of just like give advice. So if you had a Sailor Moon says phrase, Sailor Chesley says, what would it be? Um, it would be especially given, you know, the, the environment we're in right now. My phrase would be speak up. Um, there are so, there's so much going on right now. And so many people are lending their voices to the discussion and we need all of us to contribute to what's happening today. Speaking up in our communities, and calling out, you know, wrongdoing when we see it, no matter who is doing it, no matter if we see it from civilians or from public officials or from police officers, we need to make sure that we are speaking up and um, ensuring that we have a safer and more equal and inclusive um, society. I think that that will only happen once each of us take on the responsibility of speaking up for ourselves, speaking out against wrongdoing and speaking up for other people. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so true in these times. It um, is. It is. Yeah. Um, and what's next for you and where can people find you? They can find me on TikTok. Like every time I've done something, <laughs> like follow me on TikTok. I'm really I'm trying to trying to increase my TikTok game. Okay. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm on like all the social media platforms mm -hmm. at Chesley Fritz. I'm on Instagram, like I said, TikTok, I'm on Facebook. Um, Twitter, you can find me there. But what's next for me is, you know, one of the opportunities that opened up for me after I became Miss USA uh, was, you know, my work as a correspondent with the entertainment news show Extra TV. Right. And, uh, so when I crown the next uh, Miss USA, I will continue my work with Extra. I signed a full-time deal. I'm so excited. Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm like apartment hunting. I'm like, I'm in New York right now. I, I might oh. get a or something soon. Um, so, so that's really what is next for mm -hmm. me, continuing my work in the entertainment industry and exploring what else I can do, sort of measuring how far I can go and, you know, what boundaries I can push while I'm here is my next step. Nice. Yeah. Well, I am right down the street. <laughs> How are you? Awesome. Where? Yeah. Um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh my yeah. gosh. Beautiful place. Yeah. I have so I think the only time that I, or actually, no, no, a couple times I've been to, to like sort of downtown Brooklyn mm -hmm. um, area. We went recently for the VMAs that were being held mm -hmm. in several different locations around New York. Mm -hmm. um, they, they were like filming a bunch, but like there was the Barclays Center and they like, there was like a bunch of um, signage for the VMAs. We went back to Brooklyn. Um, then it's a great place, but our, our offices are closer to Times Square. So I'll be 
um, finding a place where I found a place. God willing, it goes through. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. I call myself like, you know, a New Yorker now. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. city. So I'm excited yeah. for you. Thank um, you. And also, you mentioned your TikTok, so I have to ask you, which TikTok video are you that you made are you the most proud of? Ooh, okay. <laughs> so I have one TikTok video that has like 3.5 million views on it. Ooh. And it was like, it was, this, it was just like a trend that people were doing. It was, there's this music playing in the background and it's like different people running across the screen, doing mm -hmm. different things that are happening in one particular moment. So my moment that I was describing was winning Miss USA and all the things that happened afterwards. And so I showed like, you know, my mom being confused for my sister because there were so many pictures of us together and people were like, this is your sister? And I'm like, no, that's my mom. Um, there were like celebrities like DMing me. Um, there were like people throwing like hate comments, but then there were other people who were so excited that we had like at that point in time, three queens of color that ended up being five queens of color later. So like I put that into the TikTok. I think I posted it probably a couple months ago. Um, that one, that was my favorite. Nice. That sounds awesome. We'll definitely throw it in the, uh, the comments for anyone who wants to check it out. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And shout out to all the Sailor Moon enthusiasts. You guys, this is a great, great series to be a fan of. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and once again, I'm Victoria L. Johnson. And you can find me at Miss Old School. That's Old School with a K on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And thanks, Chesley. <laughs> yeah.